What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint. You hear me? A saint in your walk toward eternity. We don't need no more mediocre disciples. We, don't, we need radical disciples of Jesus Christ. And hopefully, as your questions are answered, you're inspired to fall more in love with Jesus and stay in love with Jesus and abide in his love on earth as it is in heaven. If you are a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions and comments and critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. On today's show, we're going to talk about death. Um, we're going to talk about how to die well. Uh, but before we get into that conversation on death and how to, how to die well, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glorious story this week is about, um, yeah, my greatest love is being a pastor. I love my parish. No, my great, sorry, hold on. I lie. My greatest love is Jesus Christ. I love also my assignment right now of being a pastor. And I it just, I love my people. I love the kids at the school, their parents, the families, the neighbors in the community, the registered parishioners in the church. I just, I, I, I wake up and my mind is captivated by how I can walk with these people how I can love them better, how I can serve them, how I can accompany them in their relationship with Jesus. Just really, just like, yeah, I'm I'm totally sold out to this parish here at Sacred Heart, and it just gives me the greatest joy of being the pastor. And I not only get to baptize babies and witness marriages of couples, uh, hear confessions of sinners who want to be saints, but I also get to walk with people who are preparing for death. And recently I was walking with a person who's preparing for death, and it's the most beautiful person. This person has gone through not only a conversion to the Catholic Church years ago, but in recent in the, in the recent years, gone through like a deeper reversion in faith and relationship with the Lord as he's been preparing for death. And we spent some time together, obviously for the sacraments and stuff like that, but his whole focus was on his family and like, and praying for them and, and looking forward to heaven. And, and one thing that he's doing for his family that I just thought was so beautiful, so beautiful, was he's writing letters to each person in his immediate family. Um, and I was like, man, what a good idea is to write letters to your loved ones if you have time. And before you pass, to just encourage them. Kind of like Paul would do in the Bible. Paul would write letters to people to encourage them in their faith, to, to hold them accountable, to criticize them in the best way possible, right? So that we could be, they could be faithful to Jesus. Ah, so beautiful. And so it just, it's, it's such a gift to be invited into people's lives in these most beautiful moments of their lives. Uh, I've done so many last rites in the past few weeks, and they've all been so beautiful. Another person just has been sick for a long time, and because they've been so sick, they haven't been able to go to church. And it was a gift that the church made sure that I got to this person. It reminded me of the, of the Bible passage whenever the the, um, the four guys took their friend, and they dropped him. He was a paralytic, and they dropped him down the roof to get to Jesus, because otherwise he couldn't get to Jesus. And how this woman, her friends, they knew she was a faithful Catholic and they knew she would have won the sacraments. And so they made sure that me, a guy who's not even her pastor, was able to get to her to make sure she died with the sacraments. And so uh, it's so beautiful. Death is such a beautiful experience. And um, I'm so honored and so grateful to be a priest because not everyone's privileged to be able to enter to these moments in people's lives. And yet I am. So 
that's my, my glory story is, yeah, just love, love, love being a priest. All right. And now let's talk about what a happy death looks like. Okay, so our question for today is, how do we die well? What does a happy death look like? So I think that it's a really great question. A happy death is a holy death, and a holy death is a death in union with Jesus Christ, right? So we always pray to St. Joseph as Catholics for a happy death. We believe he had a happy death because we believe that he died in communion with the Blessed Virgin Mary and her son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and he was in communion with them and in a relationship with them when he died. That does not mean that he did not suffer. That does not mean that he did not have pain. It just means that he was in union and communion with them. So it was a happy death because our happiness comes from God, right? The Psalms say, blessed are those who, who dwell on the Lord, the law of the Lord day and night. So to dwell on the law made flesh, Jesus Christ made flesh after dying. Oh, that's, that's real happiness right there, right? But I encourage us to not just die looking at Jesus, but to live looking at Jesus. And if we look at Jesus Christ crucified, who St. Paul says he preaches, I preach Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified, we encounter a God who reveals to us a number of things. Number one, we encounter a God who reveals to us that he did not come here 2,000 years ago so that we would not have to suffer. He literally suffers with us. He was a man who experienced um, grief when his, his friend Lazarus died. He was abandoned, rejected, betrayed, denied, cursed, mocked, abused, stripped naked, uh, and he, cru- he was crucified. He knows suffering. He knows death. He died. Our God died. But as he died on the cross, he focused on Mary, his mother, uh, John, and the needs of other people. And he also focused on the Father. He didn't stop praying. So how do we die well? Well, I think it's a few things. One is we look at Jesus and we imitate Jesus. Jesus Christ gives us the model for not only life. He gives us the model not only for prayer. How do we pray? He gives us a model not only of ministry. How do we teach and preach and evangelize, make disciples and work miracles and wonders? He also gives us the model for death. And he died by first and foremost focusing on the Father in prayer. When he was on the cross dying, he was praying to the Father, I thirst into your hands, I commend my spirit. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was literally quoting the Psalms. On his death, he was reciting scripture. So in order for us to be able to quote the Psalms on our deathbed, if we are um, able to before we go into a coma or whatever it might be, we need to know the Psalms. Right, there was a point in the church's history where in order for a man to be ordained a bishop, he had to be able to recite the entire Psalter, memorize the Psalms. Right, as priests, we, we chant or, or pray the Psalms five times a day, and as do many religious and deacons and others in the body of Christ. So the first thing is to like live well by knowing the Word of God. Be like Jesus and pray with the Psalms now so that on our deathbed, we too can recite the Psalms. And the Psalms we might recite might be Psalms that are super joyful. They might be Psalms that are super sad. They might be Psalms that have anger. They have all the different range of emotions. And that's fine. Emotions aren't bad, but let the Psalms be our prayer to the Father, just like Jesus Christ literally recited Psalms. Like when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He wasn't just saying, he wasn't saying, 
God, like, I think you've forsaken me. He was reciting a psalm that is a psalm actually of, of hope, that the, that the Father works all things out for the good of those who love him, right? So we, too, are invited right now to begin to pray the psalms so we can be prepared for the day we die or the season of our death to be quoting and speaking Scripture, the Word of God, and our communication with God. Listen to God, learn from God, imitate God, participate in his prayer, quote the Psalms. In addition to doing what Jesus did with his prayer, then I also want to encourage us to imitate Jesus and focus on other people. Jesus Christ focused on the needs of others. Mary, his mother, had no other sons. Whenever the Bible talks about the brothers of Jesus, it means the cousins of Jesus, the family of Jesus, Adelphos, the Greek word, like literally translated to family, kinsmen. And so we often think it means like blood brothers, but it, it could have meant cousins or, or stepbrothers, right? Uh, family of Jesus. But he didn't have any other brothers. And so Mary would have been a widow without a son. Who takes care of Mary? In those times, women couldn't have the same work opportunities as men. That's why in the New Testament, the apostles were encouraged, not encouraged, they were commanded, and the disciples commanded others to take care of the widows because women didn't have the same work opportunities then that women have today. And so Jesus focused on Mary's needs. As he himself is dying, he's focused on her, making sure she's taken care of. John, take Mary into your home. All right. And then after he does that, he tells uh, Mary to receive John as well. So he's focused on their needs, first and foremost. Secondly, uh, he is focused on the people who are, have sinned against him. And he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right? He prays unilaterally for people. Um, so I encourage you, how, did, how do you die well, a happy death, a holy death? Forgive people who have offended you. Forgive people who have not apologized. Jesus Christ didn't say, Father, forgive those who are, have said, I'm sorry right now. He unilaterally forgave them. So we too are invited to forgive other people. Unilaterally, don't wait for the apology. Don't die with this sin of unforgiveness on our soul. Because the word of God teaches us, if we do not forgive others, God would not forgive us. If God does not forgive us, then we would not be with God in heaven. So we've got to imitate Jesus and forgive everybody. That does not mean we like them. It does not mean we want them to be around us. It does not mean that we don't have boundaries of who can be, visit us as we're dying, but it means that we desire for them to become saints. So forgive other people. In addition to forgiving other people, Jesus Christ also focused on Dismas, the thief on the cross, who he was so patient with and so kind to. Like we can be patient and kind to other people in our death, even other people who at one point have been rude to us. At one point, the gospel says that both Dismas and the other thief were cursing Jesus. And at some point, Dismas changed his tune. Jesus was so patient and so kind with him and so gentle with him. And then Jesus tells him whenever he has his conversion experience, like he doesn't like hold on and know I'm, I'm a brood or whatever. He receives Dismas. Yeah, I tell you, on this day, you'll be me in paradise. So comfort other people. Don't navel gaze as we're dying and focus on ourselves, but focus on the needs of others. When we imitate Jesus, that's how we have a happy and a holy death. As Christians, it's part of our tradition to keep death before us always. St. Benedict taught his monks that, to always keep death before your eyes. When we regularly meditate on the fact that we are here today and could be gone tomorrow, one, well, how's the song go? Well, 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 hello, baby, one day you're here, and then you're gone, and then you're gone, oh, oh. So one day you're here, one day you're gone, right? So we keep death daily before our eyes. 
And this meditation helps us to live a life that's always wanting to be in heaven. I, I don't want to commit this sin because I could die tonight in my sleep, right? If you keep death before your eyes always, then you're going to be like, I can die at any moment. I want to be in a state of grace at all moments. So I'm not going to do that thing that might give me temporary pleasure because what if I died while doing that thing? So I would encourage us to, yeah, keep death before our eyes always. What's a practical way that we can keep death before our eyes always so that we can remember, like, I'm called to live today as if I could die today? Well, uh, we can keep a skull, Sister Teresa Noble, uh, she would do this. Uh, it's, a, it's an ancient practice in the church, but she kind of brought it back and popularized it again of keeping the skull before you on your desk, in your chapel, in your bathroom, in your car. Like put a skull there and a skull will remind you, I'm going to die one day. I'm going to die one day. And so when I die, I need to make sure that I'm in a state of grace. And so how do I do that? Well, I'm going to Mass on Sundays. I'm regularly receiving the sacraments of reconciliation and Holy Communion. I am reading sacred scripture. I am serving the poorest of the poor. I am practicing patience and kindness. I am looking at Jesus Christ so I can imitate Jesus Christ in my life. And if I imitate him in my life, then I'm very likely going to be able to imitate him in my death as well. That's how we prepare for death, is by living a life that is essentially canonizable, right? Live a life in imitation of Jesus Christ crucified. So hopefully that, that's helpful. Hopefully that is helpful, all right? Keep a crucifix, a skull and a crucifix too. Or get a crucifix with a skull on it, right? Jesus Christ is the model. His life and his death is the model for us. When we come back, we're going to talk about a saint, a saint who, who had, I was about to say in proper English, who had died well. He did die well. He, uh, what had happened was he died well, a long, long time ago. So stay tuned to find out about that saint and how he died. It wasn't easy. It was a painful death he died, but it was nonetheless a happy death. Hi, I'm Jeff Cavins, and I'm excited to introduce you to the Ascension app. It contains the full text of the Great Adventure Bible, the full text of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and both the Bible and Catechism in a Year podcasts. The app has special features that make the connections between the Bible and the Catechism crystal clear, like color-coded cross-links and easy navigation. It also answers nearly 1,000 questions from Bible in a Year listeners about the Bible with videos from myself and others, also audio clips and excerpts from Ascension's popular books. To download the app, simply go to the App Store on your phone and search Ascension. I hope you enjoy it. I enjoy it. Carry it around everywhere I go. And we are back. And so don't forget, you can rate us and review us, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, helps people find out about the show and also share us on social media pages. You have your own questions, comments, and critiques, send them to me at www.sissiopress.com slash askfatherjosh. Our saint for today is St. Moses the Ethiopian, a.k.a. St. Moses the Strong, a.k.a. St. Moses the Black. Uh, he was awesome. Um, he was great. He was at one point a thief. Uh, a thief and he lost his job because he was a thief and then because he was so good at thieving, uh, stealing from people, he was a leader of a gang and they stole and they robbed and they killed and he slept around with multiple women and he was not a good dude. And then one day he went to go steal from a farm and when he got to that farm, the dog at that farm began to bark. And when the dog barked, the owner found out, so they ran away and he was so mad that his plans to steal what was not his were thwarted by a dog that he 
swam across like the Nile River with a knife in his mouth to go kill that dog and the dog's owner. Well, the dog's owner got away. Dog wasn't so lucky. Dog and other animals got got, if you know what I mean. They were killed. Uh, they were put six feet under. Owner ran to the law enforcement of that time, and then him and his gang were being chased, so he ran away, he escaped, and he found a monastery to hide in. Well, he gets to this monastery, and these monks are patient and kind and joyful and hospitable, and they they just love him as he was, and their love like transformed him, and he ended up repenting, going to confession, becoming a monk, and then becoming the abbot of the whole monastery. And then one day, a group of people came and they wanted to steal from the monastery and they were a dangerous gang. And so he told the monks, look, y'all leave. I'm going to stay and I'm going to try to give them the opportunity to, to convert the way y'all gave me an opportunity to convert. And he tried. He tried to convert them. He tried to share the love of God with them. He tried to be um, be the be Jesus to them. And and like Jesus got murdered and he was martyred and he was killed uh, by this gang and he became a saint. And so he's, he died a happy death because he died a death in imitation of Jesus. He was loving those who were persecuting him. He was blessing those who was cursing him. He was forgiving those who were sinning against him. And so we too, again, through his intercession, can also die not necessarily a painless death, but a happy and a holy death um, if we, like him, imitate Jesus. So with that being said, St. Moses the Strong, St. Moses the Ethiopian, St. Moses the Black, pray for us. Until next time, I'll see you in the Eucharist. God bless.